And I, as I'm seeing him there at my shoulder area, he looked like a pattern of lights. He's talking to me telepathically. He's telling me not to be sad, that he was happy. And most of all, he wanted me to know a little bit of what life was like for him now. And he explained to me that he was on another plane of being. And he told me that it had simply been time for him to leave. Welcome to the Spirit Sisters podcast. My name is Karina Machado, and I'm the author of Spirit Sisters, Women's True Stories of the Paranormal. In this podcast, I'll revisit the women behind my most unforgettable stories and unearth new tales to chill, intrigue, astound, and offer hope. You'll hear first-hand accounts of sacred journeys, spirit encounters, near-death experiences, angels, mysteries, marvels, and love more powerful than death. Whatever you believe about the afterlife, I invite you to open your minds and hearts as ordinary people reveal their extraordinary encounters. I acknowledge the Darawal people who are the traditional custodians of the land of Sutherland Shire in Australia, where I live and record Spirit Sisters, and I recognise their continuing connection to lands, waters and community. I pay respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to Elders past, present and emerging. You're listening to Spirit Sisters. I'm your host, Karina Machado. Thank you for joining me around the virtual fireside for another uplifting story. I'm recording this intro on a full moon and eclipse. This isn't my area of expertise, but I have it on good authority that all this is very significant, and certainly I can feel it. Individually and collectively, we are all going through so much. For me, this is a time of profound shifts and something of a reckoning. I wonder how many of you can relate to that. I feel very guided through this whole process by some discarnate loving beings, including my ancestors. I'm feeling the calling to write a new book very intensely, and while I'm very much drawn to fiction, there are also non-fiction ideas brewing around the topics and stories that we share on Spirit Sisters. I was prodded to share this with you today because I know that so many of you will relate to this pull to do something that truly honours your soul. For me, the Spirit Sisters podcast is a big part of that, but it's, it's not the only piece. It plays a part in a greater tapestry. If that is something that resonates with you, tell me about it. Write to me. I'd love to hear about what it is that's calling your soul and about the shifts and reckonings that you're going through right now. So I actually had to discard two earlier versions of this intro because it didn't say what my heart wanted to say. So here it is. And none of this is to say that I'm going to stop recording the Spirit Sisters podcast, but I do hope that you can be patient with me as I navigate this terrain. I know how much these stories mean to you all, so I'll definitely keep putting them out there, but it might look a bit different. It might be monthly episodes. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. But I'm determined to keep doing it and growing this lovely community. You all feel like family to me and I really treasure the words you write to me about how the episodes lift your heart when little else will. So thank you so much. And so now that I've shared that and speaking of heart lifting stories, let me tell you about today's episode. My guest is Paula Lenz. Paula had a truly extraordinary spiritual experience in 1983, days after her beloved brother Donnie died in an accident. Amazingly enough, her out-of-body experience happened while she was driving his car. And while her spirit was reunited with Donnie, her body safely steered the car to its destination. Fascinating. In our conversation today, Paula shares in detail about her spiritually transformative experience, about the blissful wonder of hanging out in the oneness with her beloved Donnie. You'll hear Paula mention this word oneness. It's like the theme of the conversation. And she also shares about the many ways that he continues to reach out to her. She also offers a message for anyone who's grieving someone they love, and she tells us about this technique that she's created called MIST, an acronym for Meld into Spirit Technique. It's a simple way, she says, to enable our connection with the world beyond our physical senses. Enhancing that connection is something that, as you know, I'm, I'm really passionate about because I believe it helps us to lead uh, happier and more fulfilling lives for ourselves and everyone else here on Earth. So there's lots more, of course. Enjoy my conversation with Paula Lenz. 
And if you love Spirit Sisters, please subscribe, rate and review the show. It helps others find their way to these stories and, after all, that's what it's all about. Hi, Paula. Welcome to Spirit Sisters. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. It's great to have you on and I have read your book, Driving Into Infinity. It's full of um, some very beautiful anecdotes and it shares very profoundly about your bond with your brother Donnie and uh, I'm so excited to speak with you in depth about the experiences and especially one in particular that you had following Donnie's passing in 1983. Yes, I waited many years before I reached a point where um, I wrote the book that you speak of and uh, because the experience I had my with my brother happened in 1983 and quite frankly there were very few people who knew anything about the experience that I had with him uh, or even a lot of the follow-up uh, incidents that I've had through the years and when I retired in 2016, I suddenly felt that I knew that my next calling was to sit down at the computer and just start writing my book and telling my story, essentially, from 1983 through, you know, the time that the book was published. Uh, because before that, I... I guess at some level, I was afraid to talk about this experience because I didn't want people to think I was crazy. I mean, in 1983, uh, these kinds of experiences were not nearly as out there available to people to read about as, as there is now. You know, there's so much more written about spiritual experiences just so much more. You know, you look at some organization like uh, IANS, which is International Association for Near-Death Studies, and that's a huge organization, and it's all about people who have had, you know, near-death experiences or out-of-body experiences or any other kind of spiritual experiences. So we've come a long way in the <laughs> years since I had my uh, initial experience, but that being said, you know, let me tell you a little bit about uh, what did happen to me in that uh, 1983 experience. My brother Don was four years younger than me. I do have a sister who's 10 years younger. Uh, but my brother and I, you know, grew up together and we were very close. And so in 1983, Actually, it was uh, the year before that, but I began having this dream that uh, recurred for several months. This dream was always the same. It was uh, outside on these wide, expansive fields, and uh, there were crowds of people gathering, and uh, someone near me in the dream asked me what was going on. And I replied that I had heard it was the end of the world. And everyone was looking up at the sky and there appeared Jesus. And in that moment, when that happened, I just doubled over, almost falling down to the ground. And in that moment, I, in the dream, I was experiencing just the worst pain of my life but it wasn't physical pain. It was like heartfelt suffering and just agony beyond words. And as I doubled over in pain, I just kept saying, but it isn't supposed to be this way. I thought that the end of the world was supposed to be joyous. And then suddenly the dream would end and I would always be startled awake by it. I move forward to Friday, October the 7th now, 1983, and on that morning, uh, as I was driving my husband to a meeting, I suddenly experienced this very strange, sharp pain in my chest around my heart area, and I remember glancing at the clock that was in the car, 
and it read 9 a.m. And although I didn't say anything to my husband while I was driving, but I continued to feel this, this pain in my heart area. And I was only 30 years old at the time, but I wondered if I was having a heart attack or did I have a blood clot? It was very scary. But as I continued driving, eventually this pain faded away. And, um, but I could not forget about it because it had really frightened me. I, I didn't know what was causing that. But I dropped my husband off at his meeting and um, I had taken the rest of the day off. I, I went to this Greek festival that was being held in downtown Houston, which is a very popular event. And Houston's where I lived at the time and lived and did live there for many years. This Greek festival was going on all day. Later, my husband was going to join me there uh, in the afternoon. There were huge crowds there and we had gone in to um, the area where they were serving lunch. And as I looked across this giant room, I could see my husband making his way across through the crowds. And I thought, well, that's kind of strange. He's here early. But as he got closer to me, I could see from looking at his face, because I'd never seen him look this way before, I could see that something was terribly wrong. When he finally got up to me, he put his hands on my arms and he looked me straight in the eyes and with a trembling voice, he said, Donnie was killed in an accident this morning. Donnie was my younger brother, as I said, four years younger. When my husband said this to me, I just doubled over almost down to the ground, just crying and screaming, saying, no, no, no. Later, I found out that my brother's fatal accident actually happened while he was driving a company truck and his time of death was reported as 9 a.m. And that was the time that I had experienced that terrible pain over my heart area, 9 a.m. And so that day I understood what this recurring dream had been trying to convey to me. It was showing me uh, the setting that I was going to be in and my emotional reaction to the news of my brother's death. Mm. I can only say that um, in commenting that my feelings about the loss of my brother, I, I was just completely destroyed. Uh, for me, the grief was just unbearable. I'd grown up with him. I just didn't know a human being could cry so many tears. It was it was the most horrible time of my life ever. Nothing can will ever compare to, to those days uh, following my brother's death. But three days after my brother's funeral, Donnie came back to me. And this happened while I was driving his personal truck back in my hometown. I had gone there to help my parents after the funeral and everything. I was, like I said, driving to my grandparents' house uh, in his personal truck. But about halfway there, a strange thing started happening to me. And I suddenly, as I'm driving down the road, I could see all the way around me everything. I had 360-degree vision, seeing in all directions. And I didn't even really have time to think too much about that because at that moment, then I became aware of someone just behind me at the right side, my right shoulder area. Then I realized that it was my brother, Donnie, and I could hear him speaking telepathically to me. And as I'm seeing him there at my shoulder area, he looked like a pattern of lights. He's talking to me telepathically. He's telling me not to be sad, that he was happy. And most of all, he wanted me to know a little bit of what life was like for him now. And he explained to me that he was on another plane of being. 
And he told me that it had simply been time for him to leave. At this point, I realized that I was no longer in my body. And I existed, I'll say, like just in a state of consciousness. I, was, I wasn't aware of driving. And everything around me seemed to look almost like outlines, even of the countryside. But during that uh, strange transition, my entire focus was on experiencing infinity and eternity. And throughout this entire experience, my brother stayed with me. I was feeling, of course, with no body restricting me anymore. I was not my body anymore. Instead, I was out in the middle of the universe as all I could uh, understand about that. My brother was there with me. But as I was out there in the universe, I was experiencing that I was totally one with peace, with love, and all knowledge in the universe. There was just no separation of me from all of this that I was experiencing. I was part of that. I had actually become all of these things. And I knew that everything and everyone is one with the spirit of what I call universal love. Uh, that there's this love is the all-encompassing and caring and creative element of the universe. You know, I term it spirit. Of course, uh, others term it God. But I knew that, that we are all one with that entity, that spirit. And all we have to do is open up to that spirit and allow this supreme consciousness and love into our own consciousness. And being in this state that I was in, this state of total consciousness, it was such freedom. I did not care about going back to my body or my life. I knew I had left that all behind. And that for me, this just felt like it was a natural state of being. Honestly, I had no desire to do anything else except to experience more of this, this state that I was in. Because to me, it just felt like it was home. I know that my brother communicated other information to me during this time when I felt I was out in the middle of the universe with my brother. But... I was not allowed when I came back to my body to remember all of that. And to this day, I still don't, I have not been able to recall the rest of what I learned from that, in that experience. But while I was still there, I, I wanted to be deeper into this experience I was happening or I was having. And I suddenly felt like I was just whooshing away very rapidly. This is while I'm out in the middle of the universe with my brother. And, and I could actually hear the rushing sound. And when this started to happen, I knew that I was on my way to, I'll say, the next level of, I don't know if you'd call it heaven, but to another spiritual dimension, perhaps, is how I could express it. But when I started wishing away, heading that direction, I'll say, I felt my brother kind of his spirit, I'll say, pushing down on my spirit, on my spirit. And he told me, he said, no, you can't go yet. It's not your time. And very suddenly, with just a feeling of a thud, I found myself coming back down into my physical body. I actually saw myself going through the roof of the truck and coming down into my body there. And I was still driving, but I had, you know, made a turn onto the road heading to my grandparents. And when I returned to my body, I felt very warm. I felt very happy and at peace. And I felt, um, 
I felt okay about my brother because uh, I knew that he was where he was supposed to be now. And so I just, I had such, such a feeling of just complete peace. I went on to my grandparents, but, you know, for the, for the rest of that day, I was just in this state of what I just call a state of bliss. Life looked totally different to me that whole day. But the next day, you know, I didn't continue to experience that feeling of bliss. In fact, I fell back into deep grief because I just missed my brother so much. And I knew I was never going to see him in this life again or experience any of the funny times that we'd had, that that was, that was all over. And my life looked totally different now. Thank you for sharing. That is just, it's such an extraordinary experience. And I'm just trying to fathom how you must have even begun to process that you know, as you're coming back into physical consciousness, you've realized you've made the correct turn into the road leading to your grandparents that somehow you've been driving without being physically present. It's extraordinary. And then I just wonder how you initially began to process it that day, although I, I, I understand you were in still, in a way, still there in a way in that state of bliss. But how did you begin and when to begin to process it in the physical? And when did you begin to share with people? Like, did you tell your grandparents? No, I did, did not say anything to my grandparents. And in fact, um, I didn't really talk about this experience to anyone for a very long time. Eventually, I did share uh, what happened to me with just a couple of my very closest friends who knew me well, because you can imagine that I didn't want people to feel that I had uh, had this experience, this so-called experience um, with my brother, because I felt like they would think, well, I was just in deep sorrow and, you know, that it was just a hallucination. It was just part of the grief or whatever. And so I was very hesitant to ever talk about what had happened to me. Back then in 83, there were not very many uh, books available on that kind of topic. There were some, but it was not as mainstream of an idea as it is today in terms of um, a lot of books and lots of experiences having been shared through books and in person and conferences. And that just wasn't there uh, back in 1983. You know, pretty much I kept it to myself. Yes, I understand but, that also because your experience, even now, even today, is unique. It's it's not, it's got elements of the near-death experience, even though physically you were not on the verge of death. It's got a lot in common and we can go on to talk about those elements. And it's also got elements of the shared death experience, even though it's not quite that as well because it was post your brother's physical passing. But it's, so it's unique. And so I can imagine that back then in 1983, just a few years after uh, Moody's Raymond Moody's book Life After Life had come out and I yes. think it was prior to Betty Eady's uh, bestseller Embraced by the Light about her near-death experience I think that came out in the late 80s I'll have to check that I can imagine that you were just without a reference point for it well that's exactly right and it's uh, something that obviously I carried with me for years the experience and always will but now there's just so, so much more information available. But you're exactly right when you say that my experience was somewhat unique. You know, once I retired, I did write my book, Driving into Infinity, Living with My Brother's Spirit. And Dr. Jan Holden wrote the afterword to my book. And she is a, a researcher uh, she's been involved in the world of near-death experiences and, and similar kinds of experiences for many years and has talks on that. And I had talked to her 
through IANS. And I asked her if she would write the afterword uh, to my book because she brings out all these specifics about just as you said, you know, how unique my experience was and, and that it's kind of a hybrid experience. Mm. And of course, now they have all different kinds of names for the various levels of experiences. But she does explore and talk about that in the afterward. So let's go go back to before we move on and your story, you know, and your experiences continue in different ways following this, and we will get into that. But before we do, I'd love to just go back and look at in more detail at some of the elements of this extraordinary experience that you had, please, Paula. Let's begin. So firstly, your understanding, one particularly beautiful aspect of it is the understanding that your brother communicated to you that he was happy can you tell us more about that and how how Donnie communicated that to you in the experience? As I said, you know, I had the feeling I was just in this state of consciousness. And so he was actually communicating with me, you know, telepathically, although I knew he was there with me. That's how he communicated the information, you know, was telepathically and just explaining to me that, you know, it was just his time to go. And that, as he told me, it's not, you know, it wasn't my time to go. And I knew that, you know, he was alive and, and still had his personality, at least from what I could tell. And that, you know, all was well. And I knew then that, you know, obviously we all cross over to the other side. And I knew that then we would be reunited. You know, he still had, at at least at that point, he still had his personality of who he is, but within a larger time time frame, I'll say, of, of where he is now. The thing of it is, my brother for the rest of my life has reached out to me in various ways and kept his presence alive. I've had people ask me since I've written my book and, you know, I've done talks on it. People ask me, well, you know, do you think your brother is like an earthbound ghost? I've always told people, no, he's, he's not an earthbound ghost. He's where he is supposed to be in the realm of, you know, the next level for for us when we leave this existence, this physical existence. Like I said, he makes his, his presence known to me in various ways, sometimes just in really funny ways too. So I know that he has the ability to still come back here. And obviously there've been a lot of people who have experiences uh, with loved ones who have crossed over. And obviously not everybody experiences that, but I feel like it's, it's comforting. And I think that it brings a sense of more peacefulness to people who have, have lost people they've lost, they've, that they've loved and can experience those moments. Some of the moments with my brother are, actually kind of funny to me (laughs) because, and he was a funny guy. Anyhow, we used to pull tricks on each other and laugh a whole lot and, you know, just all kinds of things as brother and sister. One day here in my office, I was sitting at my computer and concentrating on something or other and facing the window. And so um, I have a bookcase that's in front of my desk, two big bookcases, very tall. It was very quiet in here in my office. And as I said, I was facing my computer. I wasn't facing the bookcases, which would have been to the right of me. And all of a sudden, from the topmost shelf of one of these bookcases, this book comes flying out across toward the window. (laughs) And I caught part of it, seeing it fly across toward the window. And I jumped probably two feet out of my chair. And I stood up and I went over there where the bookcase was and I said, 
I know that's you, Donnie. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the kind of stuff sometimes that he does. Not always, but, and I amuse myself thinking about that I did that. But it was very typical of him to just want to yank my chain about <laughs> scaring me to some degree or catching me off guard, not really scaring me. Was there um, any significance with the book that flew out? Uh, people have asked me that question, but no, not really. It, it was just, you know, one of the one of the books up there on the top shelf. It was uh, not really related to anything that would have meant something in relation to him. Uh, I mean, I'm... I'm getting so much older now, you know, I'm like uh, going to be 69 and he was 26 at the time he left and I was 30 and I just, some days I just pause a moment and I realize how many years have gone by since my brother crossed over, you know, how long it's been since I've actually been in person with him. Obviously, that still makes me sad because, you know, our whole family, really, my brother was kind of the center of the family because he was very funny and he was always doing things and making us all laugh. And it was just a huge loss. But, you know, here I am so much further down the line now in life and still journeying with my brother. You know, for me, I have absolutely no fear of death whatsoever. Uh, it's the the moment of crossing over to the other side, if you want to say that, into another dimension, another universe, whatever it it is in terms of eternity and what's beyond, um, is really more comforting than anything. It's like, well, I know where I'm going, and it's all going to be good. I'm going to be in spirit. And I'm going to be experiencing being with the oneness of this love that is the universe. That's how I think of spirit and God. I think of of it as this all-encompassing love energy. Of course, you know, there are people who have written about not so great experiences on the other side, some frightening things. But I don't really think about that or worry about that. It's, It's just another level of consciousness of who we are and our what I view as our unending existence as consciousness that we go on and on whether we're on the other side or we are reborn into this life and that's how I view it because that's how I feel that 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 was the kind of information that was conveyed to me when I was just you know more or less in a state of pure consciousness I know that there were other things that my brother told me, but I was not allowed to remember those things. But maybe it's just that it comes through as I continue living life, like just the um, the idea of being really calm about the idea of death and crossing over to the other side. And that's, you know, that's the way I feel about it. It's, I live my life to the best of my ability while I'm in this body, but as with everyone, there comes a time when uh, we're not going to be here anymore. And you know what? That's okay with me anyway. <laughs> I'm sure other people may not feel that way, but it's not that I have a death wish or anything. You know, I live my life, as I said, the way I need to while I'm here, realizing that this experience I had was a call eventually to me to talk about this experience and help other people who, you know, go through these terrible moments when they've lost people that they've loved here in this life. Yes. Just on that, what would you say to somebody who's listening who has lost a loved one and is is missing them profoundly as you as you expressed earlier that even though you'd had the experience in the bliss the next day you were back to missing the physical form of Donnie. What message all these years later would you share with somebody who's grieving the loss of a loved one today? You know, what I would say to them is be okay with being in the space of grieving uh, this person that you've loved and still can love as you journey through the rest of your life because 
as human beings, we have emotions and we shouldn't feel apologetic to anyone for our, our grieving the loss of someone we love. To me, there is no more profound hurt to your heart and your consciousness than the loss of someone you love in your life. There's just nothing, in my opinion, that equals that loss and that pain. It's okay to go through that because it's, it's a, I don't know that symbol is the right word, but it's an indication of how deep your love was and is for that person that you've lost. And there's no shame in that. You know, you have a right to be in that space for however long it takes you to get through it. Because when you love someone, that's, that's the way it is. You are grieving the loss of that connection, that love, that space of sharing in this life together. That would be my advice to people. That's lovely. Thank you. Just reflecting on that, I often talk about it as love being a bridge to these contact experiences that people report, so many hundreds of people that I've interviewed over the years in my books and on the podcast. It feels to me like love is the bridge that enables this kind of contact to happen. I wonder if you reflected on that and what part your your lovely bond with Donnie played in, in facilitating this experience that you had? Well, I think it's it's everything. As I said, you know, my brother and I grew up together and we were very close and my brother didn't have a mean bone in his body and he had lots of friends. He was, he was just a, a really nice guy, you know, and would do anything to help other people. When you have such love and bonds between between people like that, it's you have to at least appreciate the fact that you were lucky enough to to have that kind of bond with someone else here on this earth. You know, it's easy for me to say that now, now that so many years have gone by. It wasn't so easy for me to look at it from that point of view when I was still in the deep throes of grief to the max and just how do I go on living? How do I go to work every day with you know, with this whole thing having just happened. But these experiences that we have here on earth and particularly this idea of love, really our, our lives here on earth are meant to be all about this experience of love. So with that comes the experience of when you lose someone that you truly love. It's just part of life and our learning and our deep understanding that we really obtain when we've lost someone that we love, you understand just how, I guess, even how fragile life can be and to not take any of that for granted. You know, we all just think, oh, especially like in relation to my brother, like, oh, well, we're young, you know, we'll live to be old and we'll still be having funny times even when we're really old. But that's not how it worked out. You know, suddenly he was just not here anymore. Those things that happen like that, it's all in relation to love and then trying to figure out how do we go on from there. Those are really important lessons here in life. It sounds like Donnie's experience with you has really opened up your, I guess, almost like a a quest for knowledge and a quest for understanding that continues to this day, Paula, in terms of you trying to process this very beautiful and unique event in your life. Yes, I mean, it has it has given me this this major focus. Once I left my career and was felt free to to talk about this side of life, then I was just filled with with the need to share all of what I had gone through because I understand at that level how deep the grief is that people can experience. And and yet, you know, we have to go on somehow. And that love is still 
being expressed to me, though, in funny, various ways from my brother. And that's a comfort to me. And it does enable me at this point to be able to to talk with people about that and to really help people in their time of grieving. And to me, that's really important. Tell us about the ways that, you know, you have continued to hear from Donnie. We've heard, we've heard one story and we've heard you say that his sense of humor is definitely continuing to come through. The experience left you with, with quite a few after effects. And one of these, of course, was, you know, these, this ability to tune into after, after death contact. So please tell us more about this time and, and these gifts, quote unquote, that unfolded following Yes, well, that's true, and that you know that uh, that happened because I had this out of body experience that my consciousness was part of the universe. So some of these abilities and things opened up to me when I returned to my earthly life. What I began noticing in the beginning was that when people would walk into a room, um, sometimes I could hear people's thoughts as as they came into the room. Also, I began to notice that if I, if I was out driving on the freeway in the evening, uh, I noticed that street lights would go out. As I passed by the light then, uh, that had gone out, then as soon as I got past it, it would come back on. And that would happen whether I was driving or even when I was out walking in the evening, you know, around the block or something and the street lights were on. Uh, that would happen all the time. As soon as I would come near the light, uh, the light would go out. And as soon as I walked past, the lights would come back on. So that told me there was some kind of energy that was being emitted from me. And, you know, that's lasted all these years, that happening. And, and so not all of this stuff happened all at once. Like as time went on, I could see uh, people's auras and, I had this really astonishing aura experience with a friend of mine who actually worked for me. Now, this was years later down the line. This was 2000, 2006. So she had come into my office and sat down and was telling me about something. And suddenly I could see this giant purple aura being emitted from her. She's talking and all of a sudden my eyes just start streaming from just the sheer energy that was being emitted by this giant purple aura uh, that I was seeing around her. And I, she was looking at me like, what's going on? And I said, I don't know what's happening here. I said, but uh, you're going to have to leave my office. I cannot get my, I can't stop these, the tears flowing. So she did. I said, go into your office and call me. So of course, you know, by this time in my life, this was later on down the line, as I said, it never, I guess it was never surprising to me when weird things like this would happen, <laughs> but I knew something was happening. And so she, as soon as she left my office, then my eyes quit weeping from this energy. But as soon as she got to her office and she called me and I answered the phone, as soon as I started talking to her, that same energy, just I started just weeping my eyes. I couldn't stop. What happened was this friend of mine who was working for me, as I said, at this office, she had had some problems and some health issues. And so she had gone to, I can't remember if it was, I don't think it was a chiropractor, but something that opened up her energy channels. She is a very gifted uh, psychic and uh, healer now. But this wasn't true at the time that, that she was working for me. She didn't even really know about that stuff. And so what had happened was it had opened up her chakras and, and this healing energy was just flowing out of her, which is what I saw, this purple aura that was all around her. But that was a very wild experience for me. Sometimes I have received voices potentially giving me guidance on different things. And 
one of those times related to actually saving my my family from carbon monoxide poisoning. I was being told that I needed to get the door open. This was at my dad's house uh, one weekend, and I needed to get the door open, that there was something wrong in that house. And uh, my sister was over there too at my dad's house, and I had her open a window. This was in the middle of winter. I ended up staying on the floor by the front door for the rest of the night because my dad and his wife had been very sick when we came to visit. This was around Christmas time. So the next day when my dad got up, I told him, I said, there's something wrong in this house. That's why you've been getting sick. I just kept saying it. There's something wrong in this house, something wrong in this house. Finally, my dad went to where the uh, furnace was and he discovered that the furnace door had fallen off. And so what was happening all night uh, was, and even the day before that, was that all the oxygen in the house was being taken in to the furnace for the flame in there. And that's why he and his uh, wife had been sick even before we got there. But he discovered that and he fixed it. And then, you know, the problem went away. But if it hadn't been for me, you know, getting that intuitive knowingness that something was wrong in there and I needed to do something, uh, even though I was feeling quite sick. Um, if it hadn't been for me doing that, we would have all died in there that night. And so it's just things like that that I have happened to me. I, I never quite know what kind of experience I may have, uh, but that one was certainly it's not one I'll forget anytime soon. Mm, it's very powerful stuff. You saved, you saved, yeah. you, you know, your life and the life of your family that night. That is really quite amazing. And also the experience with seeing your colleague's aura. That's, yes. oh, wow, that's so extraordinary. Just that physical reaction of the nonstop tears. And another interesting thing about that experience is that you thought it might be solved if you sent her to her office. But then I guess the nature of energy is that it doesn't rely on our physical proximity, which is how, you know, energy healers work, you know, remotely. Yeah, I mean, that still remains a very unusual experience. But then lots of things that uh, I've had happen are unusual. But, you know, there there were other, there was other outreach by Donnie uh, that I talk about in the book. I would come home, I came home one day from work and uh, this was still in the house where my brother had stayed with us. I came home one day and in the hallway, this this bookcase, this book was on the other side of the hallway. There was a built-in bookcase there and it went all the way to the floor. There was carpet there. This book, you could see where it had come out of the bookcase. It had come out at the lowest level, the floor level and had uh, directly flown directly across to the other other side, the other wall. Another time when I came home from work, a chair had been placed in the doorway that led to the master, our master bedroom in that house. I thought someone was had broken into the house. <laughs> and so I ran back outside for a long time, mm. but nothing ever happened. And I went back in, I finally moved the, the chair back to the desk that was in our bedroom. Um, but, you know, that, that had to be moved by somebody in there. <laughs> it was, and, it, you know, my brother, again, because he was, he was so funny and he liked to play tricks and stuff. I just took it as like, oh, well, this is just another trick of an indication that my brother is here. And in that same house too, my, my husband and I at that time were sitting in the TV room together one evening. And, and this, this was a house where my brother had stayed with us one summer. All of a sudden, from the topmost shelf of these bookcases we had in there, this book just came flying out. All, all the way across the room while we're sitting there watching it fly by us. <laughs> and we, you know, I knew that was Donnie's energy because mm -hmm. he and my husband used to get into that TV room and they would screw around with this video camera and make all these funny videos and stuff. And to me, those were just moments of 
he just wanted to let us know he was around. There's all kinds of things uh, like that that have happened. Paula, there's and, a theme there though with with books and that's three and I didn't actually pick this up when I was reading your book but I listening to you now, I think, oh gosh, that's three instances of hurling books at you. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever wondered whether that was might have been Donnie's way of saying, sister, get with it and write your book? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing I was talking about where this book uh, flew out from the topmost shelf here in the office I'm sitting in here, um, you know, that happened and I've I wrote my book quite, you know, in 2016. So the book's been around for a while already. And yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh, you know, he's just doing whatever to get my attention, I guess. But uh, he is. You know, there's been, been instances of like my dad and his wife, they used to hear at night at their house, and they would hear the microwave buttons going off in the kitchen. And my brother used to go over there and help himself to food and heat it up in the microwave. You know, just things like that. Yeah, yeah, he's very present. He's very present, isn't he? Or a, an aspect of his spirit is, that's for sure. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, but he's where he's supposed to be, you know. What I'd also like to ask you about is you've developed a unique technique called Meld Into Spirit. And the acronym is MIST, so the Meld Into Spirit Technique. And yes. I'd, love, I'd love you to tell the audience about, you know, the genesis of this and what it actually is. Well, Meld Into Spirit Technique, I, I developed that because I felt like we should all be able to connect with our spiritual self uh, in a way that was more natural Obviously, a lot of people sit down and you meditate, and you get into a deep state and, you know, you become connected with spirit. And it's a method for connecting to our, our, our heart center and, you know, being the oneness of the universal energy or love or cosmic consciousness. But we do this in a way where, you know, we can be out walking around our eyes open and uh, and focusing on our energy field and our heart space and being able to open open that up and feel that you can that you are the oneness of everything around you of the energy of the universe that you're the oneness with this the spirit connection with god if you like if you want to call it that for me you know it's always connecting with spirit so i felt that by offering this kind of methodology that it would be, I'll say, easier to do uh, to by having, having your eyes open and going through your heart center and connecting with that. Really, it just offers you an opportunity to just become one with everything and the energy of the love of the universe Using this methodology, which you can find that on my website, I have a guided, it's not exactly a meditation, but it guides you through connecting through the meld into spirit technique. You have to ask yourself, well, why would you want to use this methodology? And the answer to that is, you know, by doing this, it elevates your, your energy field frequency and vibration, and it impacts your aura in a good way, because if you're just out walking around and your eyes are open and you're connecting with the oneness through your heart center uh, and really being in that space, then your energy field and vibration is of course elevated. But that sounds to, beautiful. I'll link to that in the, in the show notes. And then to be that oneness, you know, is, is love in our personal life and career. And we are able to experience uh, rejuven, rejuvenescence is what I call it, where it's a renewal and a revitalization, a flow of abundance, and the methodology enables expressing and feeling that love and gratitude, which opens the heart to fully embrace the oneness. In my book, it kind of takes away from the fears of the world, 
when you're just looking around you and you can get into this space of love and uh, feeling that love, elevating that energy through your heart center, then the world becomes a different space. It becomes a space of love and something that supports you instead of a place that can be scary and difficult. You know, it's like all of those things go away. It's very easy to do, I think. Do you want to tell the audience how they can actually find your website and find your book, Driving Into Infinity, Paula? www.paulalinsauthor.com. Fantastic. I will link to all of those relevant uh, points in the show notes so that it's easy for the audience to get in touch with you. It's fascinating for me reflecting on what you've just shared about the mist technique because it's, as you said, it's something that you, you can do eyes open as you're walking. And I'm someone who loves to walk. Take, I take my walks in the neighborhood every day. And it also links back to your profound experience with Donnie in the car. So you weren't walking, but you were consciously driving. You were, you know, doing something. You weren't sitting on a meditation cushion with your eyes closed. And I think <laughs> it's, it's lovely that you've been able to bring this through for us and so that we can have some taste of that as well in our daily lives. You know, that's a very astute observation you just made to me about linking that to the experience I had with my brother, because I've never made that connection, nor have I heard anybody else say that. But I think there's a lot of truth in what you just said. I always feel that our connection with spirit in this life is is so so crucial to our well-being and as you've just shared I feel that you believe that too and I sometimes feel like our poor world is in the state it's in because so many of us are are disconnected from from yeah. the, the spirit and so I love and I welcome your very simple and quick technique to help us connect with that in our daily lives really appreciate that the short version of that is when you're melded with spirit, you know, your heart becomes warm with a feeling of glowing. When that happens, you know, I say out loud or think, I allow and invite into my field of vibration, whatever it is that I would like to see manifested or answers or guidance. That's part of what you can do. Paula, as we approach the end of our conversation today, I'd love to just reflect back to your moment with Donnie in the car in 1983 and get your insights on what has most profoundly stayed with you about that moment and what it is that you'd most like our listeners to take away with them from our conversation today. The thing that um, was so profound in those moments with my brother was really when we were together out in being out in the middle of the universe, the complete oneness of everything that I experienced with him in, in that setting for the first time, it was just all-encompassing, you know, all-encompassing. It was the most profound experience I've ever had, and that occurred with my brother, it's very beautiful and I'm so grateful that you've shared it with us today. And before we go, I'd just love to pick up again on that point that you just mentioned about the oneness. How do you think an appreciation of this oneness could enhance our lives if more of us could understand that we are truly all existing within this oneness? The concept of oneness, when you're able to get into that space of the idea of oneness, then you realize, and I think that you are able in those moments when you're connected with that oneness, you're able to let go of all the differences that we all focus on in life. The other aspect of being in the oneness is just the profound sense of not needing anything else. When you feel you're part of the oneness, there is nothing more that you need. And that experience, if you are able to reach that point, then it brings to you a calmness about life that you really can't find anywhere else. 
And it also, I think, brings a sense of complete security. There's no fear. Being the oneness is the greatest sense of fulfillment that I think you can experience during your life on earth. Thank you so much, Paula, for spending time with us today on Spirit Sisters. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Spirit Sisters. If you enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. And don't forget to rate and review the show. Have an experience you'd like to share with me? Get in touch at my website, karinamachado.com, or find me on Facebook at Karina Machado Author. After all, there's nothing more powerful than a story. Mm-hmm.